in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 106 on this, uh, boy, what a delightful, my goodness, what a delightful Wednesday afternoon. I think you could uh, make an argument. That weather-wise, this is, as you just heard the forecast, but this is, uh, well, basically the equivalent of a perfect weather day. Um, You know, high, nice sunshine, a little bit of clouds in and out, but for the most part, nice sunshine, close to 70 degrees. Just ideal, and it's going to be very pleasant throughout the course of the afternoon. And then isn't that interesting, as you heard over the weekend, with highs in the mid to high 80s. For this weekend, especially Sunday. Is it possible it could hit 90? We don't know. This partial program, I'll tell you what today is. Today's a good day to maybe head over to the Lodge Pumpkin Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Stop in. You can eat out on the nice deck they have. Again, they had a nice crowd in the lounge last night for the Celtics and the Heat. The Lodge Pumpkin Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. All right. I want to just uh, look at some headlines right now. Um. Let's see. The um, situation in that Pennsylvania primary is uh, is really incredible how right now, um, to avoid a recount, one of the candidates would have to pull ahead by close to 7,000 votes. Oz leads right now by 2,500. So the Pennsylvania Republican Senate primary is probably headed for a recount, but Dr. Oz is up right now by 2,500. So that's interesting. I want to just get the latest right now. Um, I want to just see if there's any other real update on this. So uh, let's see. The votes counted so far between Oz and McCormick have split almost evenly. Little reason to think the remaining count will change that pattern. So we're headed for a recount. So to avoid a recount, as I said, somebody's going to be up by 7,000. So in the recounts, so Dr. Oz could end up pulling this off. Um, let's see. President Trump on his his truth social media saying Dr. Oz should declare victory. It makes it much harder for them to cheat with the ballots they just happen to find. So he's encouraging Dr. Oz to declare victory, even though they're still counting the ballots. I find that funny. Um, McCormick allies expecting far more GOP mail ballots than the initial source. Potentially helpful and he's led with mail voting. Um, so they, they are down to the mail folks. Again, they, this is the importance of, of this whole business that Rhode Island's going to allow all these mail ballots. I also just want to read this five takeaways from the Pennsylvania primary election. I also want to just let people know we are prim- This is ridiculous that our primary is September 13th, Rhode Island. They could easily change it. Could be the first weekend in June. Now, I know they say, well, the General Assembly's in session, and therefore they wouldn't be able to be out campaigning and blah, blah, blah. But 
I, this business of, of of September is just, I, I think they could do both. They could do how much campaigning are they doing out? You know, when they're at the state house, a lot of that is done on the weekend and night anyway. All right. Um, here are some of the things coming away from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Trump-style politics still dominate the GOP. The Republican Senate primary wasn't, was even tighter than expected, leaving questions about the immediate issue. Who's going to battle the Lieutenant Fetterman for the open Senate seat in November? And a broader one, does Trump still have the power to shape the GOP? Well, as for now, the, the test of Trump's clout produced a messy result. He, his endorsed Senate candidate Mehmet Oz was locked in a, a tight contest with a no resolution Tuesday night, despite Trump pouring energy into the contest. Um, the GOP rival that Trump slammed, Dave McCormick, was running right alongside Oz, not vaporized either. While the Trump-endorsed gubernatorial candidate, State Senator Doug Mastriano, won big, that had really little to do with President Trump, who he didn't endorse him until last Saturday. So he was going to win that anyway. Um, let me just see the I want to just skim the other things uh, with Fetterman. Democrats flipped the script. That's the guy that will now run in the Senate seat. Mastriano's money challenge. This guy, he is um, he's quite a candidate. And what's number five? The The Barnett. Buzz falls short. That's true. Kathy Barnett was one of the biggest political stories, but it fizzled. She won 25% of the vote. Strong showing, strong showing for someone who spent about $2 million on her campaign. But the poll said she was going to pull off a massive upset. She was 80,000 votes behind the top two early Wednesday. That could be a polling error or the Oz McCormick barrage of late attacks took the toll and stopped her momentum. Um... But she may have hurt Dr. Oz. All right, let me get to some, starting with uh, the Channel 12 story on the poll. Because this is, it is still obviously a big story. And how it shapes the race. This spells trouble. Oh, I also want to, Governor McKee has given out, Governor McKee now has sent out, here's what mothers should do that are troubling with finding baby formula. So this is interesting. Um, even though it's it's his party that it's it's Ramundo and Biden that, of course, the shortfall. So uh, I like Governor McKee. Parents should not have to worry about running out of formula. Yeah, except they are. Are you going to Governor McKee's announced he's going to give each infant three thousand. Um, oh, yeah. Call the Rhode Island Department of Health because they've been so helpful during the pandemic. Um, if the kind of formula you use is not available, switch to another brand. Huh, no one ever thought of that. You know, that's a very good idea. So you're suggesting, Governor McKee, that if the type of formula they use isn't available, just switch to another one. Gee, look at that. I like this. Check smaller stores, bodegas, or pharmacies. So he's saying that young mothers are not looking enough. Call ahead of time to check if they have the formula you need. Yeah, because they're so helpful on the line when you call some of these stores. Hola. Um, let's see. Uh, women who are pregnant should consider breastfeeding. Well, that's handy coming from the governor. 
If your baby is six months or older, start them on solid food. Uh, don't dilute formula. Don't buy formula for people you don't know. Do not make homemade formula. Do, the, he's saying don't give cow's milk to children. But a report just came out encouraging people to give it and then don't hoard formula. So Governor McKee, folks, once again, I like that. So if they don't like the type of formula, then just switch formulas. Gee, isn't that helpful? I'll tell you, I mean, who would have had the handle on that one? That is, uh, he is just a step ahead. No, the fact of the matter is the formula situation, tragically, is got, as Donna Perry mentioned, is going to be going on all summer. So... Governor McKee, women should consider breastfeeding. Yeah, I'm sure the pregnant women didn't consider that. Boy, he just has an answer for everything. And when in doubt, they may start to give the infants 3000 each. All right, I want to get to um, Channel 12. I want to give them credit. You know, it's their own poll that they developed with uh, Roger Williams University. And uh, 400 likely Rhode Island Democrat primary voters. Let's hear the result. This really spells trouble. For Governor McKee, um, without question, it does. So I want to um, hear this. And then I, I, I'm anxious to see what he's going to do for the final stretch here of June, July, and August. So there's three months left of the campaign. All right, here's the Channel 12 piece. Tonight we have the results from our exclusive 12 News. Roger Williams University poll and the Democratic primary for Rhode Island governor is wide open. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Montecalvo. And I'm Shannon Heggie. Our poll finds if the election were held today, 25% of voters would choose Dan McKee. 23% Nellie Gorbea, followed by Matt Brown at 7%. Alina folks at 6%, Luis Daniel Munoz at 2%, but a whopping 37% are undecided. 12 News reporter Tim White joins us now live in studio. And Tim, I'm sure no coincidence that the top two picks for voters are already in office right now. Yeah, it is no coincidence, Shannon, you're right about that. Is our Political analyst and longtime pollster Joe Fleming says this is all about name recognition. And look, we are just about four months, believe it or not, from the primary. And Fleming says the candidates pulling single digits in our poll will need to work hard to get their names out there. In our first survey of the 2022 campaign season, the 12 News Roger Williams University poll shows that Democratic primary for governor is up for grabs. Tim, there's no question this race is wide open. You've got 37% undecided, so there's a lot of people that are looking for somebody to vote for. 12 News political analyst and pollster Joe Fleming says Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea is doing slightly better with voters who say they are very likely to cast a vote in the September 13th primary. So right now, uh, both of these results are within the margin of error. Both of them are basically the front runner at this point in the election for governor with everyone else trailing. Fleming sees a cause for concern for incumbent Governor Dan McKee, his job approval numbers with likely Democratic primary voters. 45% say McKee is doing an excellent or good job and 44% think he is doing a just fair or poor job. The poll comes with a 4.9% margin of error. If I'm the governor, these are, the, these are not the numbers I want to see going into the primary season. Fleming points out McKee's job approval is below President Biden's among Democratic primary voters in Rhode Island. 60% say Biden is doing an excellent or good job. 37% just fair or poor. 
Now, we conducted the poll last week over four nights in Mike and Shannon. That was before gubernatorial candidate Helena Folks went on the air with TV ads. She's the first to do so in this race. Well, Tim, we also asked what issue is the top of mind for voters right now heading into the primary. And no big surprise. People are worried about their personal finances. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. That isn't a shock. Take a look at the numbers here. 36% of Democratic primary voters said cost of living was their biggest concern. As you can see, that's followed by health care, education, and taxes. But I have to tell you, somewhat surprising was just how low COVID ranked. Only 5% said COVID was the single most important issue. And I encourage people to head to our website where we have the full results right now on WPRI.com with interactive charts to break down the numbers even further. I'm sure both of you are itching to do just that. Absolutely. (laughs) Tim's not going anywhere. He's going to be back at 6 with the results and the congressional race to replace Congressman Jim Langevin. Tim White, thank you so much for joining us. Now, the thing about that also is on the list, number one was a, a, a concern was public safety. Not huge, but definitely a concern. But one of the other things mentioned was taxes, 13%. And these are Democrat voters. So that explains, you know, Governor McKee at the forum saying, see, folks, none of the leadership is driven by here's what we should do. It's all driven by polls. So the polls showed Governor McKee that Democrat voters, 13 percent, are one of the concerns is taxes. Therefore, he says, oh, well, we have to come up with something for tax. See, it's never here's what's right or wrong. Here's what my beliefs are. Here's what other states are doing. It all is poll driven. This portion of the John DePietro show on this Wednesday, folks, is brought to you by It's Kogi. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Folks, as we're transitioning now from, it's gonna it's spring now, but again, going into summer, call them for your cooling needs or plumbing needs, or do you maybe need a new hot water tank? R.E. Coogan and Heating. As Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. 401 732 6562-401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Folks, call them today. And again, also for plumbing, or you want to make sure your cooling system is working as efficiently as possible. R.E. Coogan Heating. 401-732-6562. So, again, I thought that was um, uh Pretty significant. Now, also, there's the polling in the CD2 race that Seth Magazine is at 33%. Now, granted, some people are saying it should be higher than that, 15, 50% undecided. But I just don't see the, the other people following him are at 4%. So I, I, I think that race is over, but... Let's hear how Channel 12 covered this as well. This is the Langevin seat now. Um, I mean, come on. If someone wants to say that it's still competitive when you have people at 50%, I don't know what to tell you, but um, 33% to 4%. That, that's a lot of ground to make up. 
A big number of voters, 37% are undecided. And 12 News reporter Tim White joins us in studio now. Tim, new at 6, we also took a look at the race to replace Congressman Jim Langevin. Right, and... Mike and Shannon, the big headline here is half of the voters we polled just aren't sure who they want to see as a Democratic nominee for Congress. Let's take a look at the numbers. Our poll finds as of now, 33% of likely Democratic primary voters pick Seth Magaziner, 5% David Siegel, followed by Joy Fox and Sarah Morgenthau getting 4%, with Cameron Moquin and Omar Barr getting Barr, excuse me, getting about 1%. But again, 50% of the people we polled are undecided. When Jim Langevin announced he would retire after 11 terms in Congress, Rhode Island's 2022 election outlook was instantly scrambled. There are now six Democrats vying for his seat. The big winner in CD2 is undecided. 50% of the voters said they are undecided on who they're going to vote for in this race. Current General Treasurer Seth Magaziner is easily on top with 33% of the vote, but half of Democratic primary voters in the 2nd Congressional District are undecided. The question comes with a 6.2% margin of error. Seth Magaziner is receiving about 33% of the vote. Everybody else is in single digits. The question is, how solid is those third? Are some of those people saying, I'm voting because he's the name I know? Or they rock solid and they're not going to change your voting for him. Whoever wins the Democratic primary will take on either former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung or former state rep Bob Lancia, who are facing each other in the Republican primary for Congress. One of the candidates, uh, Sarah Morgan Lowe, just went up on the air after the poll uh, with her first media buy. I expect the others to start going up with their media buy very shortly. And that could change these numbers gr greatly. With half the voters undecided, there's still a lot of movement that could happen in this race. Now, again, this is a Democratic primary poll, which is why we don't have numbers on how the Republicans are doing, but we will be polling for the general election after the primaries to see. Now, I want to also just jump in. You know, yeah, 50% undecided. So there's no incumbent here. So it's it's very, very likely that Magaziner will pick up 10% of the undecided. So that puts him at 43. All right, let's spread it around. The other three, Morgenthal, Fox, Siegel, let's give them all 10. Then they, they're still in the mid-teens. No, this race is over. Now, as far as Bob Lancia, I want folks to know, I mean, I've reached out to the guy. He, he is just running an invisible campaign. And when I posted some of these polls on um my Facebook page, John DePietro Show, it also shows me that, and I'm not I'm not trying to embarrass anyone or anything, but it just shows me people just don't understand how the system works. Um, you know, some someone someone asked about um, someone said, Well what about the independents? They're not in a primary. That goes back to a couple of years ago when um, I think it was the cackle that said, who asked Joe Trillo, no, when is your primary against the other independents? No, they don't have a primary. They don't have a primary. Um, so that's, that's uh, I, again, I, I get that not everybody fully follows it, but it's interesting to me that, uh, you know, some of the independent candidates, if they were in, one of the races, I think you can get an idea of of just how the whole thing would would break out. So that would be my guess of it, that um, 
it would pretty much come out that way. But no, we're the we're the independents. Um, they're <laughs> the independents are they're there, but they're just they're just not going to show up that way. So I don't know how else to explain it. And I I recognize that there are um, some of these. Uh, just heard earlier, polls are now pulling on cell phones, not on landlines. It's it's very difficult to reach people. That's another thing. But I don't think it's impossible, but it's definitely more difficult to reach people. But I wanted to just find that comment of the people of, uh, what about the independents? <laughs> yeah, um, the independents are not, that's not how it goes. But the voting thing is very, very serious. Let me just find that. I did, sometimes I respond. Um, I mean, that's really over. That that CD2 primary for the Democrats. Uh, here's someone, stay away from Gorbea. <laughs> She's going to win. Um Here's someone that doesn't get it. I hope the Republican candidate wipes her off the map. You don't understand. She's she's running the election. Do you understand that? I I don't. Do you? I don't think people get that. Do you understand that she's running the election? (laughs) So the person that is running the election is going to get blown out. Um, Let's see. Where are the independents? There you go. (laughs) That's a very good point, Fred. Yeah, they're not included in a Democrat primary voter. Fred put, I'm thinking the closest thing to independents are the 37% registered Democrats undecided. That's that's pretty good. Um, You know, Governor McKee is, he's the one that's going to sign that. And he's doing it at his own peril. I think it's uh, foolish that he's going to sign that into law. But he's going to sign that into law. So as far as, but I I get, you see some of these comments, folks. See, it just shows me people don't fully pay attention or understand how it, they don't understand how it works. Um, you know what? I want to hear this community focus that David Siegel did with Kim Colonian. As much as he's uh, an elitist, obnoxious Ivy League, this is the guy running for Congress who I don't think he lives in the district. I haven't heard him interviewed. So he's the one that thought, um, I kind of don't drive to East Providence. I was going to have some. I was supposed to hit a hookah bar. Could we do this by Zoom? Um, this is, uh, but I haven't heard him interview. So let's hear this. This is Channel 12. I want to give them credit. Community Focus. Kim Kalunian. Rhode Island's second congressional district here on 12 News at 4. Today we are joined live via Zoom by Democrat David Siegel. Cool. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Kim. So 60 seconds. Couldn't make it less. in. Why do you want to be Rhode Island's next congressman? 
So I've been working on important issues for the last 20 years, first as a state lawmaker, well, as a, as a city lawmaker and then state lawmaker, and for the last 10 years running a progressive advocacy organization. Uh. And people are frustrated because they understand the government should be able to do more for them, and there are all kinds of issues that have gone unaddressed for decades, like securing an economy that works for everybody, securing genuinely universal access to high-quality health care, accelerating the transition to a renewable energy economy, and throughout my career, I've been able to build the broad coalitions that are necessary in order to overcome the special interests and corporate interest money that make it so hard to make progress on these issues. And I think that's what we need right now. And that's why I'm running for Congress and hope to have the support of the people of District 2. In just under an hour, we're going to be getting a look at the results of our exclusive 12 News and Roger Williams University poll, which will include the first results in, in your primary race. I'm curious where you think you're going to rank. I, I guess you might ask me this one. I think we're going to see that I have some room to grow, and I'm also confident that the support for me and this effort is going to grow as people hear more about my message, about my years of work on these important issues, about support from folks like Elizabeth Warren and a variety of local and national organizations that stand for building a fairer economy and all the other issues I just spoke to. Very diplomatic answer. Uh, you are widely seen as the most progressive of candidates in this race. Congressman Langevin was seen as more of a centrist among House Democrats. So do you think voters in the 2nd District have an appetite for your policies after backing a lawmaker like Langevin Good for question. so many years? So I, I appreciate the question. I want to say on some of these issues, I think it's a little bit of a false choice. I mean, Rep. Rep. Langevin is actually a co-sponsor of Medicare for All, for instance. And this is a district that in the primary voted overwhelmingly for Bernie Sanders in 2016. And it looked like Bernie and Elizabeth together were on pace you know, as we turned the corner into the primaries in 2020 to win this district uh, pretty handily. Um, and I also think that I have a unique record of working in broad coalitions. When I talk about broad coalitions, I don't mean just with other progressives like myself. What? I mean with traditional Democrats, I mean with independents, and even with Republicans. Right. I have a 20-year track record of doing that. Absolutely not. That, uh, general election voters not true. will be very responsive to somebody with that record because it's the only way that we can get things done and overcome special interest. And yeah, like right. Elizabeth Warren. Been asking a lot of the candidates who've been joining us here on 12 News at 4 about Roe v. Wade. I had Republican candidate Alan Fung in studio last week. He made clear what he won't support in any abortion related bills. Uh, I'm curious from the other end of the spectrum, spectrum, from your perspective, do you support any restrictions on abortion through the ninth month of pregnancy? I support the codification of Roe v. Wade, and I supported it when I was a member of the legislature here. I was one of a handful of co-sponsors back in 2007, 2008, um, and the work was carried forward uh, over the course of coming years to actually succeed at codifying legislation, uh, codifying Roe v. Wade here, which is tremendous. Um, I think that we need to be concerned that uh, abortion rights are under threat across the country and that there's a chance there might be a federal ban on abortion imposed if Republicans do take Not over. Not true. Just the opposite. The they want to send it to the states. Despite the fact that we are lucky to be uh, protected in Rhode Island for the time being. So you say you support codifying Roe v. Wade. Nothing beyond that, though? Um, that's, yeah, I support the codification of Roe v. Wade. Okay, I want to talk with you just quickly before we let you go. We've got about 60 seconds less left on the topic of inflation, something that's certainly on everyone's minds. What do you think Congress should be doing concretely right now to help fix this issue for Americans? 
I, I think it's an incredibly important issue. I think that in the immediate, I, you know, I would like to see Congress do something like a, a supplemental payment, like the kind of thing that happened early in the pandemic to help people deal with the immediate costs. He likes to give away money. And over time, we need to do a variety of different things. We need to accelerate the transition to renewable energy so that things like gas price inflation um, are no longer the burden they are right now. And we also need to attack the power of these corporate monopolies that have expanded in size, have gained pricing power, and are helping to drive inflation. So we need to look at breaking them up. We need to look at excess uh, profit taxes um, so that we decrease the incentive for um, companies to jack up prices in moments like this. Democrat for Congress, David Siegel, that is all the time that we have today. Thanks. Couldn't make it into the studio. Couldn't make it into the studio. Folks, again, 134. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro. I just wanted to hear that. I know it went on a little, a little long. Um, it's it still, I, I don't know what kind of attention that, that race is going to get. Um, if he can't even drive to his Providence to do an interview on television, that just kind of tells me, um, how the campaign is going to go. One thing about Magaziner is like, no one wants it more than that guy. I'll give him that. Uh, very, very aggressive, hungry candidate and Certainly, you know, here's one thing. We are a Democrat-controlled state, and everyone talks about the money in politics. If if Rhode Island wanted to, they could certainly clean things up and cut back on all the money. They don't want to. They do the opposite. They want to keep making elections that are going to be more in question. And I'm telling you right now, this what, this, what McKee is doing right now with Gorbea. He is, in, I think he's just handing the primary to her. Because, again, I don't, I thought it was interesting, Dan McGowan said, a lot of the campaigns are having trouble finding volunteers. People, people are not, you know, I didn't, that's interesting. It's one thing that people aren't working. Another thing is, a lot of the, the campaign volunteers say, I want 20 bucks an hour. And it's supposed to, well, you're supposed to be a volunteer. So that's less people to go door to door. You know who's really going to have a problem with that is that Sarah Morgenthau. Um, she's really going to have a problem. Ashley Kalis will have some of the, you know, Republican Party, not as much. But someone like a Sarah Morgenthau is really going to have a hard time. Uh, Magaziner, you got to understand, they he can afford to pay all his campaign people. It's a world of difference when you have paid campaign people compared to you have to depend on a volunteer. The volunteer, the game with the volunteer is that what basically happens is if you volunteer in a campaign and the candidate wins, you get a job. That's just how it works. So, but this is different now. If they're having trouble with people who won't volunteer and or people that say, yeah, I'll work on the campaign, but I want 20 bucks an hour. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show on this Wednesday. Hey, stop it and see our friend Maria. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland in that historic white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products. Like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices. I know you've driven past. It's time to stop in and see Marie. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road 
in Cumberland. Well, folks, right now it's 137. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, I want to bring you up to speed on some of the news of the day. You know, one thing that just cannot be ignored is uh, that President Trump is absolutely still the 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 king of the party he did very very well yesterday with the exception of madison cawthorn and it looks like dr oz could pull that out so as far as whether or not he's going to run in 2024 he is still dictating the way things are run in the republican party now i don't know what that means for jeff deal I don't know what that means for Jeff Deal, and I don't know what that means with Ashley Kalis. I also just want to say, edgy ad campaign for Christian TV series gets mixed reviews. Um, what's edgy about this? The billboard stands near the JFK UMass southbound exit on the Southeast Expressway, a spot thousands of daily commuters can't miss. It's an advertisement for The Chosen, a popular TV series about the life of Jesus. But this particular billboard has been, oh, vandalized. Um, scrawled across the surface, there's a spray-painted message. Why would someone climb 100 feet above a busy highway to deface an ad for a religious TV show? Many puzzled travelers have been logging on to ChosenSUX.com to find out. They've been taken in by an edgy ad campaign aimed at attracting younger and not especially devout viewers to a show that debuted in 2019 has become a major hit among Christians. Similar billboards with fake graffiti have been erected at 48 high traffic locations throughout the U.S. In addition to the expressway, there's three other billboards for the chosen in the city. Theater District, East Broadway, uh, the defaced billboards feature a variety of silly or vulgar insults. A sign that's supposed to read binge Jesus is altered to read binge kale. On another's written poopy butts. Others feature clown makeup and mustaches. But all of them direct viewers to the chosen SUX website where they find comedic videos. Which an actor portraying Satan plots to prevent people from watching the show. It's lighthearted, goofy stuff. It may be working. According to Harmon Brothers, the ad agency that created the campaign, 58 million people have checked out the videos on Facebook, YouTube, other social media sites. An additional 220,000 people have installed the chosen smartphone app. Wow. Um, can also be seen on Peacock. But the provocative ads can, go, can cut both ways. Campaign has spawned a backlash from fans of the chosen who have denounced it as crude and offensive. It's very visceral, up in arms. I want to defend my faith. Shortly after the ads were launched mid-April, the show's creator posted an apology video on Facebook. He asked fans to forgive him, not for launching the campaign, for not giving them a heads up in advance. Um, he could be proven especially costly. The Chosen is, oh, it's financed to, to buy no donations from its fans, who, as you can imagine, don't have much of a sense of humor. Angel Studios, the Utah company that produced it, has raised, how about that, more than $20 million to shoot the first two seasons. The studios claim it's the largest amount ever raised for a TV series through crowdfunding. The show's been watched over 100 million times worldwide. But the money could stop flowing in 
if the show's fans come to believe the people behind the series have compromised their values. You know, I think it's interesting that they do that to draw attention to it. Um, the crowd, listen, I, I, I don't, they can threaten all they want, but I'll have to watch that. I was unaware that you had um, such a popular show. Hey, how about this one? We're going to talk about this tomorrow with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Russian soldier accused of war crimes in Ukraine pleads guilty to killing a civilian. He's young, too. God, he looks young. Um, firing the money guns is the latest way the Red Sox celebrate a home run. I haven't heard about this. Manager Alex Corder exhorted Kevin Plowski, ringleader of the laundry cart celebration, to invoke the new fake money gun. Uh, the Red Sox laundry cart home run celebration is now powered by quarters on Monday night. After Travis Story hit his first Fenway Park homers, a member of the Red Sox, his trip down the dugout in a laundry cart featured a new wrinkle. The shortstop held a pier of gold money guns, shooters that sprayed fake $100 bills into the air. Manager Alex Cora recently bought eight of the toys, which he described without elaboration, um, as part of a post-game celebration. But before Monday's game, he exhorted the ringleader of the laundry cart to involve the money guns. He had been on the fence, but when Story cleared the monster seats to tie the game, another level of celebration seemed like an appropriate response. Make it rain, I guess. It's better than just pushing the cart. Add a little more flair. We have a long season. <laughs> he was impressed by the realism of the fake currency. It looks like it's real. Plenty of guys have a lot of money, but no one's throwing around hundreds. You know, that's funny. I like stuff like that. And I, I, I'll tell you, the Globe is the only one that has... That story. Now, let me get to, um, let's see, Rhode Island Governor McKee isn't cooked yet. This is the Dan McGowan column, but he's in desperate need of a reset. Listen, McKee can't do a reset. The guy is 70 years old. Dan McKee, I'll tell you who Governor McKee is, and I don't mean this in any ill will, um, but he is, I, I just view people as he is a vehicle. That can go maybe 50 miles an hour, but it's it's never going faster than 50 miles. Maybe maybe I'm being generous. Governor McKee is he's a he's like just a vehicle. I want to say a Ford Taurus. It, it can't. He's just not capable of going 60 miles an hour. And so, the idea that he's going to reset his campaign. As Dan McGowan writes, he isn't bad as a governor, as his Democrat and Republican opponents. So he's not, not a Buddy Sancy level criminal mastermind, woefully incompetent at the same time. How are they going to paint him? But the poll release makes it crystal clear his strategy of riding incumbency victories missing the mark. Governor, McReed, governor McKee has a 44% of job approval rating among Democrat voters. Coming at a moment when the state is running an $878 million surplus. Folks, I want to once again reiterate, and I want you to understand me as I explain this. At 144, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. That is a crime. They are overtaxing us. The state should not be running an $878 million surplus. I want you to understand something. They're stealing from us. They're stealing from you. They're stealing from me. 
878 million surplus is ridiculous. A surplus should be maybe, gee, we overtaxed the people by 1 million, right? We didn't need all that money. I'll even go to 2 million. 878 million surplus. That is ludicrous. That's stealing. We are overtaxed. He should be apologizing. McGowan writes, instead, he spent too much, far too much time blaming the media for its aggressive coverage of the questionable contract he gave to an education consulting firm. And blaming his staff for everything else. Whether it was his decision to give state employees bonuses to the bizarre confirmation pullout return dance he did for a candidate forum a few weeks ago. The poll shows McKees in a statistical tie with Nellie Gorbea. Uh, former Secretary of State Matt Brown and Helena Folks way, way behind. Now, they're saying 37% undecided, but that they decided on McKee. That part they decided on. Undecideds traditionally... Do not break to the incumbent. And he's the incumbent. He's the one in office. There's little chance folks is going to be polling in the single digits for much longer. I don't know about that. Why? What's her issue? How is she any different than those two? I'll tell you the problem with that former CVS Helena folks. She thinks that this is a job interview where everyone sits down and they go through the resumes and then they point to her and say, well, clearly... She ran CVS. She went to Harvard. Clearly, she, that, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. You know, you run into people like this. They think it's an audition. They think it's a job interview. It's not. It's an election. In an election, you have to run a campaign. McGowan writes, McKee still has a chance to pick up some of those voters who haven't made up their minds. I, I think a small number. He's already hinted a potential sales tax reduction. Well, and, and by the way, a sales tax reduction helps everybody, not just the middle class. Why can't everyone be helped? We're overtaxed. Now, McGowan writes, McKee has a bigger challenge to overcome. He's boring. The poll shows only 6% think he's doing an excellent job. 7% say he's doing poorly. 75% think he's doing good or fair. He may be able to ride that wave to victory if voters saw him as the only person who could beat a Trump-like Republican. Or if he was the clear moderate firewall against a progressive takeover. But voters have plenty of alternatives in the race. Only 6% think he's doing an excellent job. He's boring. <laughs> of all things to be called. Wow. You know, I, I, I applaud Dan McGowan for writing this column. And it's it's accurate, and you know I I, I uh, but I, it's my contention that I just don't think that he's capable of a reset. I don't think so. Um, Governor McKee, he right now. I, I, he is, he is, uh, you know, how are you supposed to run a campaign when you're way down with, with all of these 
controversies and investigations? The answer is you're not. He he is boring. But I, I don't know if boring's the right word. I'm going to stick with, I, I think he's a Ford Taurus that can't go above 50 miles an hour. Um, now, he writes, Gorbea has run a much stronger campaign, and she's carrying herself like the front runner. Her next test, how she's going to handle the attacks are going to come her way. I think she's a tough one to attack. Nobody knows who folks is yet, but she's going to spend a million changing that over the next few months. Where, how is my question? Where, television? Who? Who's watching that? There's always going to be some appetite among moderate voters for the smart, business-friendly candidate. True. Brown and Monez are both in their second campaigns for governor, and neither of them are going to take votes from McKee. But they're going to spend plenty of time roughing him up. None of this means McKee is cooked yet. But he needs to reset his campaign, start proving to voters why he deserves to be elected to a full four-year term. He could use some surrogates. Where the heck are all those mayors said they're supporting him? Defend his record. Explain why he's a good choice. Because the strategy of running the clock on the race isn't going to work. Now, again, that is Stan McGowan and the Boston Globe. I, um, I, I don't think they know what to do. And the fact that he's going to sign into law this business about the mail ballots, I believe he is sealing his own feet. And they... You know, a lot of these people pretend, oh, no, we, we can do it and we can handle it. And I just don't think they understand how far. I know they don't. They don't know how far behind the eight ball they are. Folks, right now it's 151 on this Wednesday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Stop in and see them. It's our friend John Francis. Look for them also on Facebook quality competition ammo ammunition firearms and remember if you're looking get a little more liquid maybe sell some ammo or sell firearms i should say both take them to our friend john francis at competition shooting supplies the defender of the faith second amendment headquarters stop it and see them competition shooting supplies 435 benefit street in Pawtucket. so let me um, let me say this. I I just don't. I I know people are going to say there's still plenty of time. At some time, at some point, there's not going to be plenty of time. And what I'm going to argue is, I believe that these voters are going to be harder to reach. It's going to be harder to move the needle. I don't. I think it's going to be more difficult. And the lieutenant governor race is also, um, I, I, that's Sabina Matos, the lieutenant governor. I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of that, and we'll have to see how a Democrat primary breaks out. But I'm not, I'm not her and the Mendez, I don't think so. I think they kind of cancel each other out. You know, people were saying that, well, Cynthia Mendez has a higher number than Matt Brown, but there's more people in the race for Matt Brown. There's only three to pick from. Um, I, I'm anxious to this, the mail, the, the voting provisions that they're going to pass into law are 
I think it's just going to be very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Um, the vice president, Vice President Harris, told the U.S. Coast Guard Academy, they're starting the service period in history, the rule of law is strained. Fundamental principles are under attack. She was in New London. Nations that threaten the freedom of the seas, criminal gangs and traffickers, skirt the rule of law, fuel corruption, violence. Um, Yeah, but they're not even associated with trying to stop the rule of law. You know, I think it's interesting. Apparently this afternoon, Mayor Jorge Elijah is going to discuss the impact of graffiti. And... The city says it reports 4,000 graffiti cases throughout the city. You know, part of the problem is, part of the problem is, where's that going to be? 835 Westminster. Part of the, the problem is that some of the progressives, they pretend, or their argument is that they try to, say that that graffiti is quote street art so therefore if you're saying that graffiti is street art well then you know then anyone can can do it and anyone can be allowed to do it um you know the number of business owners that talk about how much time and what they have to do and spend to try to get rid of it. It's expensive to get rid of it. It's a hassle to get rid of it. But you have to stop treating it like it's like it's art. It's not art. Um, let's see. All right. Madison Cawthorn is voted out. Boy, he had it all going. Huh. You know, the Tom Cruise new version of Top Gun is is actually getting very good reviews. Finland and Sweden at Turkey's whim after submitting NATO bids. Um Well, at least they're joining. I like this. Celebs pushing crypto not so vocal now. Yeah, where's Matt Damon who did the crypto commercial? Where are they now? Nowhere is the answer. All those Super Bowl ads were for cryptocurrency. And that thing has beyond crashed. And suddenly, those individuals are not to be found. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Stop in a delicious meal located right off of Route 146, 40 Breakneck Hill Road. It's the Lodge Pub and eatery. So right now it is 156. Today is Wednesday. It's May 18th, and you're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now I encourage you, we will have an update on the website coming just a little bit later, uh, which is depetro.com. You can also go into the shop there. I wish I had better news on the voting situation, but the voting situation in in the state um, and, and the way it's going to change, it's, 
these are not going to be elections. I, I fully get it's it's confusing. It's inside. And by the way, it also keeps changing. We, we never should have the, the farther you get away from in-person voting on one day, the more opportunity for voting and in real elections and honest elections to be compromised. That's just a fact. In this business that this see, it's very simple. The Democrat Party feels that the more it behooves them to just open up the floodgates with voting. So therefore, they don't want any restrictions. They try to say that anyone that's against it, that they're trying to overturn the election. It's the big lie. Um, I mean, I want to commend the Republicans at the State House did try to battle against it. But what we are basically going to be left with is it's it's not about you come up with a concept. It's what what they're moving to, and I want you to understand this. Is it's 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 no longer you know think what an election it's it's the battle of ideas. It starts in grammar school when they have whatever the president of the eighth grade. They have the kids make a speech in front of the class, and then but let, let's just go beyond that. A local election where one person wants to do this, so they come up with an idea for to improve things. Let's just say for a mayoral contest in Cumberland or Woonsocket, and then someone runs against them. What they're doing on the state level is the battle of ideas is all being eliminated. It's all going to be about you hire, recruit people to go out and collect votes. And there is no mechanism to check who's registered. There is no mechanism to ward off against non-citizens voting. There's no me- people can vote for a mail ballot online. The the idea that an actual person has to show up to the polls and vote and cast their ballot and register to vote, all of that is being eliminated, and it all opens the door for uh, less of a, a likelihood that you're going to have an election that could not be challenged. Listen, enjoy this beautiful Wednesday. We'll be back on the radio tomorrow at eleven. Uh, stay tuned. WNRI Winsocket.